Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Hey, what's going on, guys? It is Pastor Timmy coming live from Epiphany Church. It is always a pleasure and it's always a privilege to be in front of you guys, even if it's virtually. Uh, I really just want to start first. I got to get this out the way. I want to give a shout out to everybody that was there at the prayer and protest last Sunday. It was phenomenal. It was much more than we could think or ask according to God's goodness for our church. It was it was just an amazing time. I want to give a special shout out to Pastor Brandon. I got to give a special shout out to Nena. I got to give a special shout out to, to Rob, to Paul, and all the volunteers that were there. It was just such an amazing time. It, 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 we really saw what God could do with the unified body. And it was just, it was just awesome. And uh, there was about like 600 plus people. I don't even know how many people were there, but there were so many people. And I'm so proud to be part of a church, Epiphany Church, that not just only talks about doing justice, but actually walks it out. That is serious about biblical justice. I'm so proud to be a part of you guys, and, and I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God for, 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 for allowing us to have something like a prayer and protest, but I'm also praying for the next thing that we're striving towards. And, and like the announcement said, we're going to have the next 15 that's coming on after the second service, after the second service. So uh, please join us. It's going to be like a, a post-lobby, like let out type of vibe. But we, we are going to be talking about the feedback, the reaction, and, and maybe next steps for the prayer and pre- protest because we want to still be serious about how we fight for biblical justice. So shout out to you guys. Um, so today, uh, Pastor Brandon had a, um, is, is taking a well-deserved rest. He has, you know, done a phenomenal job with the interruptions, sermon series. So by the grace of God, I am preaching today. And, and today I'm going to attempt to reconstruct our thoughts on one of the most popular and one of the most misinterpreted scriptures in the Bible found in Philippians uh, 4. So today, it, the sermon's really driven from God's call to feel, uh, for, for us to feel more content, feel contentment, which, which is a, a sense of satisfaction or satisf- uh, a, a sense of, of being satisfied, a sense of being joy, filled with joy, a sense of being fulfilled and a sense of having enough. And we want us, even in this climate, even what we're, we're dealing with, we want us, God is calling us to, to uh, contentment. And, and it's such an uh, amazing word that we're going to read today. And it's, it's timely because it's really easy to, to be complacent during COVID, during quarantine, that God has placed a lot of things on our hearts for us to do. He's given us purpose in our lives and it's really easy to be content. But I wanna tell you, there is, um, there's a difference between being complacent and being content. There's a difference between being complacent and being content. If, if sleep is the cousin of death, then complacency 
is, is definitely the cousin of discontentment. It's definitely that cousin. And, and it is not the will of God for us to settle with discontentment. And so I think that the Lord is really gonna tr- do something with this scripture today. Um, today, we're gonna be reading out of uh, Philippians 4, uh, verses 10 to 13. So if you guys can open your Bible, open your devices, whatever you got, I'm gonna be reading out of the CSB. Um, and I'm gonna start, I'm gonna get started. Uh, So the word of God says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lack the opportunity to show it. I do not say this out of need for I learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. This verse, specifically verse 13 has been used for commercials, it's been used for ads, it's been placed on t-shirts, you know, people put it on memes, people put it in their, their IG bio, people, I know, I know that there's people on this live right now that got a tat somewhere on their body, like, you, we, I know so many people, like, love this scripture, but the fact of the matter is that this scripture has been grossly ripped out of context to, to suggest that that if we have Jesus in our lives, that, that we can literally get anything that we want, that we, can, that we can run a marathon or that we could potentially run for presidency or we can become a pro athlete. But, but when we really look at the scriptures, when we, when we get into the scriptures, we can see that I don't think that Paul actually had that in mind when he wrote this letter to the Philippians. You know, context is key and and it is clear that Paul is talking specifically to the fact that God can give you strength to have contentment, whether you have a lot or whether you have a little bit, whether whether you have a made back or whether you have a moped. It's, It's really about the strength that God gives us to withstand any situation and not just withstand it, but gives us the ability to, to find purpose. He allows us to, to find fulfillment and joy as well. So the title of that would be, with that being said, the title of the sermon is called Keys to Contentment. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you, O Lord, Your word is good. Your word is the lamp unto our feet. Your scriptures are holy. Your scriptures are the bread of life. Lord, we come seeking your word today, wanting to know a little bit more about you, wanting to know a little bit more about your character and and your will and your purpose for our lives. Lord, so be present today, O Lord. Even now, O oh Lord, come down right now, O oh Lord. 
Lord, there's people out there that's struggling in this chaotic world, this crazy world that we live in, this, this world of uncertainty, this world of confusion, oh Lord. Who can we come to? Who can we go to except for you, O oh Lord? So we come to you today, O oh Lord, looking for answers, O oh Lord. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth edifies the body, but also, and most importantly, glorifies your holy name. We pray that all in your son's name, Jesus Christ, amen and amen. So I, uh, I got a chance today. I don't know if, you, if you've ever you know, really thought about 2020, but I got a chance today to just really think about 2020. And 2020 has been a crazy year. It has been a year like no other. I think about what will they write in history books about 2020? When you think about it, like, like when you think about the, the, the untimely demise of, of Kobe Bryant, when, when you think about the unjust killing of various black lives across the country and the reactions and the protests that follow, and last and not certainly least, when you think about COVID-19 and the, the impact that it had literally impacting millions of people and legit putting the world at a standstill. When you think about those things, you think about 2020 being a year like no other. And coming into 2020, I think that a lot of us were optimistic. A lot of us had plans. 2020 was our year. It was the year of vision. It was the year that we were going to attain goals. It was going to be the year that we accomplished a lot of things. It was going to be the year that we, we, we put purpose and we, 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 we put it together and we fulfilled it. But a lot of those plans seem to be derailed by things like COVID-19. COVID-19, like, like my Jamaican friend Gary, he would say, my plans for 2019, all of them mashed up. That's what he would say. Shout out to all my, my West Indians out there. But that he tells me that all the time, like, like it is just a mess. 2020 is a mess for us and it changed everything that we do. It changes how we, we go to work. It changed the way that we shop. It changed the way that we, we even um, do face-to-face interactions. We can't do face-to-face interactions in person. We have to do it via FaceTime, via Zoom, via WhatsApp. And, 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 and it definitely impacted the ways that we even celebrate big life events. You know, I have many of friends that have weddings that needed to be rescheduled. I have, I have good friends that excited about a birth of a new child and, and now their baby showers are canceled. And, and let's, not, let's not even talk about, about birthdays because, because I'm, I'm over here lamenting. I'm not even gonna front my birthdays next week and, and like I'm so tight. I'm so tight. First, first, I want, I want to shout out all the people that were born in June, all the June babies, because I feel like God did like a special like ordain, uh, ordination for, for, for people that were born in June. They're just a little bit more dope. They're just a little bit more unique. So shout out to all my June babies out there. But like, but my birthday, like I, I, I really, 
every year for my birthday, I love to travel. I love to get away. It's like a treat to myself. Me and my wife, we just like to get away. And, and, and I'm supposed to be flying out to some, some island with, with, with a lot of sand and, 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 and palm trees with, with minimal, minimal Wi-Fi and no cell phone service so nobody can call me. But that's not going to happen this year. And I'm, I'm still tight. I'm honestly still tight. Like, I'm probably going to have to resort to one of those Zoom calls for my birthday. <laughs> I know one of you guys can feel my pain. If you had a Zoom birthday, let me know in the chat. Let me know how it went because I got to facilitate something like that. But COVID really changed everything that we do. It really did. But, but it, there, there, there was one silver lining for me. There was one thing that I know that the Lord blessed me with. And I'm so grateful. There's one thing through COVID that I know that was a true blessing and a true gift to God. And that was outside. Like, like just outside. Like opening your door and, and simply going out for a walk, going out for a run, going out for a jog. Like, I know, I know being outside during COVID, it was just, it's just been different. It's, it just feels different. Like, like especially in, in April and May. In, in March, we ain't go outside because we ain't know what was going on. We, we, we thought that, you know, COVID was airborne and, you know, you could just, you know, catch COVID from being outside. But when, when we figured things out, when we, we started to learn more about COVID, we, we started to, to go outside and, and then it was literal breath a fresh air for me. It was literally so good for me in my soul. I would go outside and, and the breeze would just feel better. I would go outside and, and, and then the, the, the rays for, from the sun would just hit different. I don't know. It would, it would go outside and, and the birds would be chirping more like harmonious and more melodic. I, just, I, I don't know about you guys, but I just loved being outside. I love being outside. My, my thoughts were just clearer. My, everything just slowed down. Like I was able to, to think and strategize and plan. And when I, when I, when I went on a rant, run, a prayer run, and I would talk to God, it felt like I had a direct line straight to him. It was just amazing. These, these moments outside were amazing to me and has been a blessing to my life. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Outside was always there. Before COVID, outside was outside. We had the same exact breeze. We had the same exact sun. We, we you know, the, the same exact, you know, feeling was there. But I just learned that I had a revelation of, 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 of my experience outside and I had it with a new lens, a new perspective, a new per appreciation because of my, my experience. And this is similar to the way that Paul learned his revelation when it comes to the secrets of contentment. He uses words, if you look at the text, he uses words like, I have learned. And he says, I know. And this is insinuating that he gained knowledge and insight on contentment from experience. 
I want you to notice that, that the first thing that Paul mentions about contentment is that he learned it, that he had to gain insight on it. Like, so, so first thing that we, we learn about contentment is this is not something that is implanted on you, you know, it's something that you have to work out. A couple, a couple chapters before in, in Philippians 2, Paul tells us that we have to work out our salvation. So this is something, part of our salvation that we have to work out. And, and let's not get it twisted. Let's be clear. It's not that we're working for our salvation. It's not that we're working for our salvation. When, when, we, when we say with our mouth and we believe in our hearts, Roman 10, 9, when we say that Jesus Christ is Lord, when we commit ourselves to Jesus Christ as our saviors, we have salvation because of the work of the cross. So we don't have to work for our salvation, but there's some things that, that the Bible tells us that we have to work on and contentment is just like any other spiritual discipline. You have to work it out. You have to mature on, in it and you have to grow in it and it has to be nurtured. So before I go any further into contentment, I, I wanna just give some biblical content for, for the scripture. And, and because we have limited time, uh, I want to just give you guys the, the condensed Brooklyn version. I'm going to give you the, 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 the version, like I'm on the street with my homies, I'm on Fulton, and I'm just telling you about, you know, scripture. So um, I, boom. Uh, so Paul, right? He is uh, receiving Mad love, mad love from Philippians. He's, he's getting donations, he's getting bread, he's getting money on a consistent basis. He's getting uh, support financially. He's getting materials from the Philippians. And, and, and Paul hasn't seen the Philippians in more than 10 years. He planted the church 10 years ago before, when he's writing this letter. And he's, he's just giving them mad shout outs, mad love, mad. He's writing to them like, I'm so glad I'm rejoicing uh, in, in all your great works. I see what you're doing. I know that you have supported me and I'm going to shot you out because I, I, I appreciate it. And I know that I don't appreciate it. Not only I appreciate it, but I know that God appreciates it. But he says this all, and, and if you guys can do this, uh, we don't have time to get through it, but it's in Philippians 4, 14 to 18. He talks about, you know, his, his appreciation for them. He talks about, you know, what, what uh, the Philippians have done for, for uh, Paul, but it's so important that we understand what the Philippians done, did for, for Paul because it kind of gives us the reason why we have verses 10 to 13. It gives us the exact reason why we have to, uh, 10 to 13. He gives us 10 to 13 because Paul really wants to clarify that I'm not shouting you out in this letter because I have hopes to guilt you into giving, to getting more money. He was like, let's, let's be clear. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Like, like you know, there, there's people that actually, you know, try to guilt you into giving. Like, I, I, I actually gave to one of these, these children's ministries before, I did it like a couple years ago, and um, and after you 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 usually you know for those who 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 have to raise support, you know you sending emails, you you know just to follow up with donors to see if they'll give again. Well, well, I gave this one time because I had surplus and I I felt in my heart to give, and it was a one time thing, and I got another email saying, oh, do you want to give again? I ignored it. I got another email. I got another email. And by like the fourth email, there were like 
uh, do you care about these kids? Do you care about children? Do you care about the Lord? Like they were guilting me (laughs) into trying to give again, but Paul is not trying to do that. Paul is kind of just giving a disclaimer. He's just trying to say, you know, before, before that, before I, I start talking about your support, you know, churches is always talking about, you know, how sensitive, money is sensitive thing. He's just giving this, this disclaimer saying that I rejoice that you care about my ministry, that you're supporting me. I, I, I rejoice that you have supported me financially and with materials. But he's also like, don't get it twisted. In, in, in the sentiments of, of the psalmist Kendrick Lamar, he, he's saying, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right whether you support me or you don't. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And, and we can, you know, now that we have that bout, backdrop, let's get back into reading the scripture. We can go back to verse 10. He says that I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again, you have renewed your care for me. He's talking about his support from the Philippians. You were in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. Like they wanted to give more, but they didn't even have the opportunity to give what they wanted to give. Um, and, and I don't, he's like, don't get it twist. Don't get it twisted. I, I don't say this out of need for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any, in all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or, or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Epiphany Church, um, I, I wanna be really frank with you guys. I wanna be really honest with you guys. And uh, I want to say that in, in, in times like these, in, under this climate, with, with COVID-19 still lingering and taking lives and disrupting our plans, with, with the murdering of black lives like Breonna Taylor that have not been brought to justice, with, with civil unrest in the streets of cities across America, with millions of people unemployed and that are financially unstable, I, I honestly had to wrestle with this, with this idea of contentment. I had to wrestle with, 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 with what Paul was saying. I really couldn't relate to what he was saying. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, it was hard for me to just think about being joyous and mustering up the strength and mustering up the sense of joy and putting a face on like it was okay when it's not. It's like, you know, this pandemic, we're really suffering from two pandemics. We're suffering from COVID-19 and we're suffering from racism. It's, it's like you get angry and um, you get angry and you get mad and you don't want to get mad at God and you, you, but you do, you, you are angry. You are physically angry and you're calling out to God and you're asking him that 
you, you're calling your people to be content. But we out here broken. Like how, God, how do we muster up the strength? How do we have the mentality to continue? How do we do good works? How do we have an uplifted spirit? And then we get good old verse 13 and we find out our answer. I'm able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm able to do all things who Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. And this is Paul's secret that's not really a secret. This is the secret he's talking about, the secret to contentment. He's telling us that Jesus is the one that holds the key to our contentment. Reading the scripture, we can learn that when it comes to contentment, we can't will ourselves to be content. We, we can try to be happy. We can try to, to, to be stoic. Sometimes, you know, you, you try to, 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 to feel better or, or to, 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 to make yourself happy, but in all circumstances, you cannot will yourself to be content on your own. It can't come from man's strength, but, but true, pure, godly contentment can only come from a Christ mentality that is divinely assisted by the Holy Spirit. There is a, there's a scripture tucked in uh, Proverbs 30 called Agur's Prayer. And we, we don't know much about Agur. We don't know much about him. But what we do know is that he uh, wrote this, this scripture. That's all we really know. And, and we, we do know that the scripture that he writes is like a, um, it's like a humble Scripture, it's humble scripture. We know that's humble. We can see it in in verse uh, in Proverbs three. Uh, sorry, ver- Proverbs thirty, verse three. He can he says that I have not gained wisdom. I have no knowledge of the Holy One. He says he's saying that with with this mentality, like compared to God, I don't have any knowledge. Compare to 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 God and his his depth and his. And, and, and all his characteristics, I just, I don't know enough. He's, he, he, he comes into this prayer with humility and, 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 and then he, he goes and he lifts up a very honest and very genuine prayer in verses eight to nine. The tail end of eight, it says, give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with food that I need, otherwise I might have too much and deny you saying, Lord, who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and still profaning the name of God. It's like he knows himself. He doesn't know God, he doesn't know the characteristics of God, but he knows himself. He knows that he is not, he, he doesn't have the ability to be severely poor and he doesn't have the ability to be severely rich and and, and he he can't do the extremes. He wants, he knows himself, he's asking for the middle. He's asking God to provide him with that middle. And and it's clear that Agur understands that human contentment leads, can, can, can tend to be conditional. 
Human contentment is, is really based off our flesh. It's based off our, our flesh satisfa- satisfaction with life and, and, and the situations that we were in. But when we, it, it, I, I wanted to do something. I wanted to compare this, this prayer from Agar. I wanted to compare it to Paul's letter to, the, to, to Philippi. And when, when we do compare it, we see that Agar, he, he, he has this, this sense of hum, humility and he understands his human limits to be content. He understands that he cannot will himself to be content. And he, he asks God to give him an opportunity to, to do what he can handle. He says like, you know, just give me what I can handle, God. And when we compare Paul's powerful proclamation in verse, verses 10 to 13, we, we, we kind of see humility as well. We see humility because is, is Paul still pretty much saying that, that I have no power, I have no strength, I have no inner fortitude to find contentment on my own. Paul's, Paul's humanly limited just like Agar. But, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, him receiving Jesus as savior, us, him, him getting the Holy Spirit, he, 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 he boldly states that I can do all things through Jesus' power and, and one of those things is to find contentment, to muster up the attitude for contentment and joy and, and fulfillment, even in the worst of situations, because I have Jesus Christ. And that is good news to us, especially in a time like this. So with a little bit of time left that I have, I want to give you three quick keys to contentment, three ways that we can build spiritual uh, discipline of contentment through Jesus Christ. So the first key is learn to give thanks in all things and having a heart of gratitude. This is so important. It's so, 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 so important to have a, a, a grateful heart. Paul says it in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. This is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. This is actually like, like this is very, very important. Something that we really need to do is something that God has said that this is, this is the will for us to, to be thankful in all things, but it's really challenging to do. <laughs> is really challenging to do, especially when you're in a time of need, especially when you're in a time of calamity, in a time of chaos, in a time of lament, in a time of mourning. It's hard to give thanks in the midst of craziness, but, but I, I, wanna, I wanna let you know, people of God, there is always something to be thankful for. There is always something, no matter what is going on, there is always something to be thankful for. The fact that we woke up today is something to be thankful for. The fact that we, that we have something to eat today is, 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 something, is something to be thankful. The fact that we are listening to this live stream, that we're connected to a church, a church body, is, is something to be grateful for. There is always something to be grateful for. And, and, and this 
this, this, this act of great being grateful when you don't feel like it, it's, it's obedience to God. He says that it's, a, it's, it's his will through Jesus Christ. This is what he wants. We, we learn the scriptures to know more about God and what he wants. This is what he wants from us. And it's an act of obedience. And, and that obedience, that willingness to press through and obey God according to his will, it's, it's the mark of a child of God that is growing, that is maturing, that is growing up. So a quick, just a quick practical thing for y'all guys. Um, I would, if, if you want to uh, cultivate a heart of, of gratefulness, something that I, I, I've started to do is I, I've started to write down three things in, in my journal, or if you don't have a journal, put it in your notes, three things daily of what you're grateful for. You can do more than three things, but just it, it's so important that we cultivate a heart of gratefulness to add to our um, contentment. Key number two it is to learn to rest in God's ability to be a provider. That is so hard for people like us that live in New York City, that live in Jersey, that's always on the move, that's always on the grind, that's always trying to get it, always trying to make that buck, always trying to get a dollar, always hustling. And sometimes we, we can become ambitious in, in an unhealthy way that, that doesn't allow us to rest in the provision that God has given us, especially, especially in a trying time, especially when, 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 we lose, when we lost our job, when we might be losing our job, when we have to figure it out, find a way. It's so hard to rest in God's ability as a provider. It's, it's almost like we, like we think that God doesn't know what, what's our best interest. <laughs> we get that, that arrogance to think that, that you know, God doesn't know what's best for me or, or God doesn't know what I'm going through or, or like God d- doesn't understand the situation that I'm going through because if he, if he did, why would he put me through that situation? That's why we, we, we strive to get things ourselves. We, try, we strive to do things ourselves. But, but the more that we know the Lord, the more that we learn to trust him, the more that we ultimately see that he's working for our good, mostly sometimes when we don't even notice it or we don't see it, it's usually in the background, but God is a good God and he's for us. So the last key, it's key number three, it is learn God's purpose and will for your life. Um, we see this in, in, in Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 11, you know, everybody knows this, this, this verse is, for I know the plans for you, plans to, for your well-being, not for your disaster, to give you hope in a future. He says, come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. If you seek me and find me, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart, with all of your heart, with all of your heart. Like, I think like, it's really hard for us to, to, to understand God's, God's purpose for our lives sometime, but God does have a purpose and will for our, our, our lives. It's, we, but it's not something that you figure out passively. It's something that you, you have to do actively. When we talk about working out your salvation, working out this relationship with the Lord, 
and and we have to activate this 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 reliance on the Lord for our, our, our purpose. And once we do get the purpose, when we do know that when God implements something in your heart and you know you have a vision, a prophetic vision, you know that you have a purpose in your life, you know that you're impacting people, you are more willing to be reliant on God because you know that that vision is not from you, it's from him. So wherever he takes you, wherever he swerves you, wherever he directs you, you know that's where you're supposed to be. Whether up or down, you know that you're supposed to be there and you are protected in that realm. When we are living out our identity, when we're living out our purpose, you know that every moment is equipping you and shaping you for your purpose and his will. So I'm I'm begging you, Epiphany Church, please don't choose complacency over purpose. Don't choose complacency over purpose. Choose purpose. Be aligned. Be obedient. I, I, that's the one thing that I fear for child, child God um, and, and just for a lot of people at Epiphany that, that we are living lives in vain, that we'll be living lives just to live lives. It's a scary thing. So I'll, I'll, I'll actually end with this. So there's a rapper. Uh, I don't know if you know him. His, his name is Jay-Z. You, you might know him. You might have heard of him. He has this song called H to the Izzo. And uh, <laughs> I think you guys might, might know that song. But uh, in, that, in that song, Jay-Z has a line where he says, Hove did that. So I'm going to let you guys finish it. Finish it in the chat. Hove did that. So hopefully you wouldn't have to go through that. And, and when he, he's talking about this, this line, he's, he's really like um, talking about himself, actually, which is, which is very arrogant, which is very self-centered which is blasphemous, um, which is misguided, but the statement remains true. In the biblical context, Hove did do that. Hove did do it so we wouldn't have to go through it. Our father, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, did do it. He did what he does and he provided a way for us provided a way for us to get true contentment through Jesus Christ who died on the cross on our behalf. So in any situation, in anything that we do, we can pull strength from a savior that we're connected to. And, and I, I don't wanna, uh, I don't wanna downplay the strive of, of con- contentment. It's hard to get contentment. You really have to work it out. You have to strive from it. You have to, you know, contentment and getting closer to the Lord is usually, there has to be some dying of flesh. You have to get some fleshly wants and die to them to get things of the Lord. That usually happens, usually when you're getting closer to the Lord, when you're, repeat, when you're releasing the power of God, it's usually laying down your flesh and your wishes. But I would like us as Epiphany Church I would love us to do something radical, to do something radical. It might sound plain, but it's really radical. I, want, I would like us to, to truly believe who God says he is. Truly believe who God says he is. God tells us he's a provider. 
God says that we have the key to contentment through him. God says that he's making a way for us. God says that he's our healer. God said that we can call on him and rely on him. I want us to truly believe that we can actually call on to God for our contentment and really make it happen for us. So I'm with there. Lord, our Father, we thank you for your word, your scriptural, Lord. We thank you for, for, for breaking this down. Tell us the truth of your word, oh Lord. Your, your, your truth brings out revelation. Your, 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 your truth breaks strongholds. Your truth switches lives, oh Lord. It gives us purpose. It gives us fulfillment. It gives us uh, satisfaction. And, and I just pray, oh Lord, that, that we are able to learn and, and we're able to change mentalities. It is not your will for us to be discontent. It's not your will for us to settle and be complacent, but it's your will for us to thrive and be joyous and to be satisfied through Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, help us, oh Lord. Help us, oh Lord. We pray all that in your beautiful name. Amen and amen. I am going to end with this doxology. Now on to him who is able to do far more abundant than we think or ask according to the power at work within us. Lord, now on to him who's able to do far more abundant than we think or ask according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in this church throughout all generations in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Epiphany Church, I love you guys. Have a good week.